And we're back with part two of my interview with Nikoko Hawaii. If you haven't heard the first part, you may want to now. In this second part, we're going to hear from Ashley Campbell, the other half of Nikoko Hawaii. We're going to hear the backstory of how the company got its name. And then we're going to delve into how conscious businesses can really save the world. We had so much fun in this second half, and I think you're going to love it. Enjoy. You know, I think now us being in the shop is given a validity that I think we hadn't had. We, you know, because we've been a major business now for the last couple of years. I mean, almost six years running of this company. We started the company when we got Nico, who is the namesake of the company. Oh, and, yeah. Um, let's talk about Nico for a second. <laughs> Nico is it? Nico is like the dog mascot of Puna, in my opinion. Yes, our uh, little white wolf. Yes. She's the cutest dog I've ever seen. I'm not saying that because she's my dog. I'm saying it because I've, I've never seen a dog fluffier or cuter with brighter blue eyes. And um, She is so, 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 so cute. Yeah, she's a magic dog. And she has been 100% just a galactic <laughs> cosmic space pup for us. Like yes. one of these dogs that came into our life and completely transformed everything. Wow. Transformed our relationship, um, our activities our days um everything mm. our company mm. and yeah she's she's been great we've never had the trainer never had to teach anything she's just been she's just got it and she's just a great dog um mm. i guess yeah very fitting dog for us the way it just worked out is just yeah you, someone needs to animate <laughs> like her as a character because i just yeah, see she's, like she's having just she's she's photogenic she's definitely very photogenic yeah she's inspired a lot of artwork not just from us but from other people we've had um, people come to the island doing fashion shoots that have asked to use her in fashion shoots. Oh, and, really? Um, yeah, oh, that's she's, so cool. she's done photo shoots and fashion shoots and been in um, brochures and things. Like when she's around, people just want to photograph her. Can I ask how you found her? Oh, well, she kind of found us. I mean, it was funny. Ashley had always wanted a dog. And me, obviously, having done veterinary work was very particular. Like I was like, oh, I don't really want a dog. I understand what that's going to mean. I know what kind of time we have. I know like how different dogs are. I said, here is her criteria. And I made up this impossible criteria, almost <laughs> jokingly. Like, okay, we can get a dog if we can get uh, like a white uh, wolf dog. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, yeah, like, and I don't want to buy it or anything like that. I'd, it's got to come to our house. It has to lie down in front of the door. Yeah. It has I mean, to... It's like that Dumb and Dumber scene, right? Where you're, and he's like, so you're saying there's a chance. Right? <laughs> that's he's a like good 99% scene. sure no and he's like there's oh, a there's chance <laughs> and Ashley kind of responded like that like with big eyes like really like, and I was like yes we can get a dog in this situation and I was like okay <laughs> um, and it wasn't wasn't a month later and um, same thing like Nico being a space dog Ashley has this relationship with the universe that I have not entirely figured out mm-hmm. but you know, I have to, yeah, I have to be careful what I say around her because it's like, it'll manifest, it'll manifest, it'll somehow come true and she'll somehow manifest this because it was like not a month later that, um, one of her friends was like, Hey, you have to come over and see these dogs at my boss's house. She just like had all these puppies. I guess her friend was working as a secretary for someone and they're, they had puppies and it brought them all in for them to see. And Ashley was like, oh, can we go? Can we go? I just want to see these puppies. I just, I just want to go and play with them. 
I was like, here's the thing. We can go, but we cannot take one. If you, it's just, if we just want to go and play with some puppies in a field, that sounds great. We'll just go and play with some puppies in a field. So we go over and lo and behold, you know, we're greeted at the gate by two giant wolf dogs, just beautiful blue eyed white wolves. Hmm. And we're like, whoa, you know, and we come in and they run us up. And then we see like, there's a group of like two or three people playing in this field with all these puppies. And there's just puppies running all over the place. Little, you know, the newborn, they're maybe like a tiny week and a half, two weeks old, wow. like crawling around little fuzz balls, like eyes barely open. And yeah, right away we were like, wow. And I kind of like knew it as soon as I saw him, I was like, Oh man, like gotta take one. <laughs> yeah. I guess we have a dog now. Um, you know, and there's some great pictures of us obviously meeting and playing with these puppies when they're really little. Were they all blue eyed? Um, um, most of them were at that, at this point, all puppies I think are blue eyed. So they were all blue eyed. Oh, that, that's white. right. That's right. I forget. About um, but that. They were, yeah, they were all white except for two of them. There were two black ones. And, um, I really liked the black one actually. I was really hanging out with him and he looked like a killer whale and I was just <laughs> loving spending time with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone else, um, took him, but really what we attached to is the runt of the litter, um, hmm. which you would think is Nico. Nico is the runt of the litter. When you now that we know she's the tiniest of all of them. Um, she took all the recessive traits from the parents, which meant pink nose, blue eyes, yep. single fur coat, um, practically albino yeah 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 um, i thought she was albino for the first split second i met her and yeah i, was like, I think no? she just has every recessive trait that there is and it kind of leads to that place um but we fell in love with the one and we were calling him little boy and that's what ashley wanted to call him hmm. and he was the he was the runt at the time he was the last one out and mm -hmm. was the last to open his eyes and crawl and he would was playing with us every day and we ended up going over there every day no matter what we were doing, we went there every day for at least an hour for a good four weeks. Wow. And, um, and we would just love spending time with them. We actually love the woman who introduced uh, whose pups they were. It was Rochelle Knack or Rachel Knack. And she's still at this point in time, I can't think of anyone I consider closer or a, more of an Ohana. We really love her to death. Mm. And, um, she's made a lot of our life possible, whether it was through just love and, um, wishing well or just great advice and being there for us when we needed anything um we would just spend we would just ended up spending days and days just sitting in the grass with her and the dogs and and talking and and laughing and when it came to the point it got to the point where she's like hey i have to start getting rid of these puppies like who are you taking she didn't want to give any of them away without us like deciding like which one of them we wanted to be with and we were like, we want to have little boy. And there was times where we were going between two. We we're like, we'll take little boy and this one. And we kept, she was like, that would be great if you took two. Like, I would love for you to have them. And she didn't want to have any of them. She had the parents. She was like, I'm okay with just this. Yeah. So the last day, like people are showing up and they, she's like, okay, people want these dogs. And we were like, which one do you, do you guys really want? And we had, I had little boy in my hand and Ashley was sitting on the ground and Nico climbed up while Ashley was on the ground and Nico just climbed up into Ashley's lap. Just like crawled over to her, crawled into her lap and like climbed into her arms and was like, Hey, like I'm right here. Like pick me up. And, and there was something that happened right then that even though we'd spent weeks spending time with little boy, 
Um, Ashley all of a sudden just felt a huge love for Nico and was like, this, this one right here wants to, wants to come home with me. <laughs> and I, and of course, you know, I was like, well, I'm holding little boy. Like, this is who we're going to take. Do you want to take both of them? And, um, Russia was like, you could take both of them. Like when she wasn't charging us, she charged everyone else a very reasonable oh, wow. Wow. price for them. But she was like, no, I want you guys to have one. Was little boy um, the, the dark colored one that you mentioned? No, no, little. Little boy's uh, all white one. Oh, okay. I'm just um, picturing was, this scene in my mind. Yeah, he was an all white one, and Nico was all white, but little boy was like the little runt one. And, um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, what was different is that Nico was the only female, and I didn't really want a female dog oh. because I understand the difficulties with them related to male dogs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, then I don't, I don't think we should take both. Um, this would be a bad idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we put little boy down. And someone very quickly found him and loved him. Hmm. But Nico was like, I want to be with you. And we'd always were hesitant about her because of all of them, she was the only female and she was separate from the whole pack. They would all lay in a puppy pile and she would go climbing 30 feet off on her own and lay on her own. And we always thought it was very weird that she was a very like much a loner. Hmm. And um, I think what happened is that she was just very wolfy and really wanted to kind of get to know things or people before she was close to them and, I'm mm. um, kind of wants to be, I mean, even now she's laying off in the woods over there under a tree on by herself. Um, she's a very private creature. Yeah. I've noticed that. Yeah. And people have said it though to us, um, that, you know, you're really lucky that she found you guys because in any other situation, she would not have done really well. Cause she's not a family dog. She's not an animal dog. She doesn't want to be around other animals. Like, um, she still has a lot very, of wolf in her. Yeah, and she very much wants to kind of be on the edge of the of of everything and watching mm. and taking it in. But she's hugely affectionate with us. She really takes us as family and cuddles mm. and plays and and we're really so fortunate to have found her. And I mean, it, the adventure really begins then at this point because now we're starting to make ice cream. We have this beautiful white wolf pup. Um, the image for Nikoko came from a photo that I took of her as a little baby looking up at me from the mm. ground, mm-hmm. just like you know, looking straight up and I was like, Oh, so that image is actually kind of a perspective shot of like her nose and her eyes, like all looking kind of doughy eyed up at me from the ground. How was the process of picking the name when you're like, okay, we have a vegan company, vegan gelato company. Was it Nicoco just came to you really quickly or, or, or was it another process? Oh, we had thought of all sorts of funny names. You know, of course we'd sat there making names up all day long and, um, you know, we had Nico at this point, and um, Nico obviously is named after Nico from the Velvet Underground and Nico, one of our favorite bands in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have actually kind of made packs to only name our children or animals after this band um, in funny <laughs> ways, like it was just how we've always been, because um, it is our favorite music. And um, so we named her that after Nico because she had the beautiful blue eyes with this like black mascara line, and we were like, it's so 60s, it just perfect <laughs> and we were making our ice cream out of coconut and someone um jasmine actually who i mentioned early jasmine and sasha we were sitting around eating lunch with her and she just blurted it out one day and because we were thinking like joking around while we we're at the lunch table making up names and we were like um just thinking of funny things and then she was like nikoko like nico company but coconut and it was it just had that order that that trifecta right boom yeah. boom boom mm-hmm. three points they all met they all made sense 
And we were like, we love our dog. We love mm-hmm. coconuts. We love what we're doing. And we we're like, here we go. Let's do this. It is now Nikoko. And, uh, yeah, we yeah. Trademarked, it, trademarked it that week. Beautiful. And it, and it rolls out the tongue. It's not that hard to spell. Mm-hmm. If people haven't been to NikokoHawaii.com, they should go. N-I-C-O-C-O Hawaii.com. Mm-hmm. Beautiful photography on that site, too. Yeah, that's actually all done by a, a local photographer named Phil Payson. I don't know. I know you, you probably met Phil or um, I, I have seen his work. I have seen his work. I, I have not yet met him in person. I, I know that it's in the future. Now, doesn't he direct as well? Yeah, he's a cinematographer and a director. Um, he's made multiple movies, about three or four I was movies. Gonna say, his name sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed uh, Aloha from Lava Land. I backed that on Kickstarter, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, he is. As far as local photography goes, he's really is the best. A wonderful photographer, wonderful for video, um, and really creative, creative mind. I, I, yeah, I, I've, I'm, I'm just so blown away by uh, how interconnected everything is um, mm-hmm. over there. I, I mean, I've spent some time away, and now I'm coming back um, soon, and it's just amazing how. I mean, it's, I, we were talking earlier before we started the interview and how many people that I'm familiar with that are like, they're all, they're all people, you know, really, really well. So it's all the good people, all the good people stick together, right? I think so. We know it's a great place and with great people. Oh, Ash is walking up. Beautiful. Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm still doing the interview. If you'd like to walk in and do a little bit, Andrew. And um, like of course, get your stuff oh, sure, ready. Sure, no, thank you. But uh, yeah, so while we're while we're waiting for a minute uh, for her, so well, yeah, the Coco, we've got the dog, we've got. I guess one one question we can get in, kind of a, a shorter question is, um, as you're growing this, I'll ask about social media very briefly. How is your balance with that? <laughs> um, how is your balance with? Because it's such it's such a temptation these days, you know, these websites. And I'll just name them out loud and call them out. Facebook is designed to be addictive and hit your dopamine. Um, Instagram is designed to be addictive. Um, yeah, they're, they're sales places. They're trying to sell. That's, oh, yeah. Regardless of the social media aspect that we all think it's about, it's it's about selling. I mean, they're... It's about time and attention. Yeah, exactly. And they exactly. want to get your eyeballs there, and then they're going to serve you a very targeted ad. Oh, no, there's phones in that. Let's give that to her later. Yeah. Nico is eating lunch. Mm. Looks like someone mm, left yeah. her some chicken at the guest house. She loves it. It's funny. She loves the guest house on our property more than our own home because <laughs> people come there and they'll eat meat in the house and then oh. they leave things for her. And she, I swear, like if we left the door open, she would just live at that guest house. Like she's just like, I'm waiting for people to come here and give me treats. It's the treat house. I was just about to say, it's the treat house. Yeah, for us, I mean, in our house, we could put our dinner plates on the ground. And she's like, I know you guys don't eat that. I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> I don't want a green bean today and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> he looks at us funny like, what do you guys eat? I think we forget canines have a very different evolutionary path than humans. Yeah. Biologically, they're very different creatures. <laughs> very, very different. Um, yeah, just curious, like, with, with social media, just in general, like, how do you find balance with it? I, I, it's such a part of our lives today. I do feel like the interview wouldn't be complete without touching on it at least briefly and kind of what kind of works for you in terms of, you know, reminding people you guys exist. Although I, I would, would not be surprised if you didn't really need to use that. 
um, at least because everybody knows who you are. Yeah, we don't we don't need to use it a ton, but we do enjoy doing it. Really, it's really a nice way, almost in a photo album kind of way, to kind of document progress and growth and things that we've been doing or flavors that we're thinking of or kind of like share ideas. I mean, granted, yeah, we're not posting up every flavor. We could. I mean, we're making 13 flavors a day for the shop, and yeah. we'll post one of them. Or like, you know, yesterday, for example, we started making milkshakes. I just posted one milkshake. Um, here's a coffee milkshake. That's it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just trying. we try to keep it simple. To me, it's there to kind of let people see things and be like, oh, that's really beautiful. Look at what they're creating. Look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um but we don't never really wanted to use it as a thing like come on out, you know, like buy my stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. For us, it's a nice way to be able to interact with people in a way that is tangible for them because not everyone could be here. We have a lot of followers that follow us from overseas or yeah. on mainland. Yeah. And I think it's more like that's a lot of why we do it because locally, yeah, we're going to our the shop sells out every day. The market sells out every night. Um, it's not something that we really need to be pushing in that way but at the same time it's also helped a lot like we wouldn't have been able to open the shop without so many wonderful people mm-hmm. um via instagram or um what do we use gofundme yes and that was a big push for us because we were like okay we've been doing this all these years and then we kind of had a call to our friends and family through instagram and facebook to say okay let's let's get a shop let's open this up and get the equipment and the space that we need and you know, it was so wonderful, the outpouring that we had of family and mm-hmm. friends and neighbors and, and people that we've never met before, people just proponents of veganism or mm. people on island that just wanted to see the neighborhood look nicer. Um, I mean, really fun, great how it came together. Yeah, it was beautiful seeing some of that come together and just like the, the painting it and getting the ceiling right and getting the, you know, you really restored that area they really restored that building in the the storefront and now it's Mm -hmm. so different it was a lot of fun to see i mean you could tell you guys were having fun in the middle of the work it's so encouraging like yeah yeah, they're getting a bunch of stuff done but they look like they're having a blast too really what it it, opening a shop it was such a great experience um so many people talk about these nightmares of opening and starting a business and and losing money and like oh how much money you lose in your first year and you know, we have, I can say this for companies that we've only really ever experienced growth and abundance in our business mm. that, you know, we've let it grow naturally. And I think that's the biggest part of it. People are always saying, oh, we're inspired by you. We want to do what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. some people too, literally like, like, oh, we want to do what you're doing and literally do what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> And, and that can be awkward. You know, um, we had someone show up at one of the farm markets like, look, I made coconut ice cream. And we're like, thank you. But this is, this is our livelihood. Um, like, why don't we work on like, you know, a little less literal approach of this. But um, yeah. And other people like, you know, around the country, we'll hear from people all the time. that are like, oh, I went to the farm market and I saw what you're doing. And I started at the farm market by me. And I'm like, that's awesome. I love seeing that. Yeah. And there's so many niches that have yet to be filled too. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I'm not going to try to make a shoe and compete with Nike. I'd feel like if I was no. making, if I was making <laughs> vegan gelato and trying to sell it where you were, I feel like I was competing with Nike because you know, there's, you guys have so much <laughs> more experience <laughs> than I would yeah, have at that. We always said like, we're like, there's, um, someone asked like, Oh look, there's competition. They jokingly said it that night. And we're like, no, 
There's no competition. I, I don't find it. I don't think it's competition. And whether it's said arrogantly like, oh, it's not competition because they're not good or well, there's no competition because I don't feel that it's competing. Yeah. But there, I think there's a space for playfulness in that. Yeah, exactly. Too. And I understand that there's a point where people do things like that and then they they think back at their actions. You know, not every action is done in any kind of way. I don't think people right. do things in a harmful. It's not necessarily personal. Exactly. I think people do things... Um, a lot of people do things blindly, just kind of like going through life and falling into things. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there was an intention there, right or wrong. Well, for people who are serving in need in the community, you've given me a perfect segue for one of my questions, which is, do you have any advice for people who want to start their own, you know, environmentally aware or conscious business um, on the big island or, or otherwise? Um. Yeah, like I was saying, I think the best advice that I've been given was uh, was a saying, and and maybe Ashley can help me with this. Um, inch by inch, life's a cinch. Hmm. Um, what's the next one? It's like foot by foot. Like yeah, mile <laughs> by mile, always a smile. It was just a saying. It was very cute, but that idea of take everything, whether it's an inch, a hmm. yard, a mile. Or the whole world that you take everything in stride, everything one step at a time, and you let things grow naturally. Because I feel like when we've seen a lot of friends come out or and start companies at markets or or anywhere, they try to put all their money in, they put all their time and energy and effort in. And yes, you have to commit to what you're doing. You have mm-hmm. to give it your whole mm-hmm. heart and your whole being. But it needs to come from a place of natural growth. You have to treat your business like I wouldn't say a child. I would say a business is more like a tree. You have to really treat it that you're planting it in the right soil. You're nurturing it and feeding it and watering it. You're keeping it from being stomped and, and mowed. You're growing it. And it needs to grow naturally and slowly. Mm-hmm. Like we've been doing this for six years and people look at us now like, oh, I want to start a business. And they think, oh, we're just going to start where you're at. We're going to be in the grocery stores. We're going to be in a shop. We're going to get all the markets done. We're going to... Mm-hmm jump all in and you see them burn up so quickly it it's exhausting and i wouldn't be able to do this if i didn't grow into it if yeah if it just was like full tilt boogie right from the get-go <laughs> i'd have just been like what am i doing with my life this is crazy um you know this is why they say like 90 percent of restaurants fail because it is such a you know diving right into the deep end and then definitely try, trying to keep this going um, we've had the really great fortune of being able to progress from things like Kalani to Locavore to Island Naturals to our next big step this next year into KTA and Safeways and Whole Foods. Really? You're getting into KTA and Safeway? Yeah, well, this is our, our goals for the, um, this year. We actually made the goal to be into Island Naturals by the end of the year. And Ashley, well, as you just heard. Hey, you congratulations. Hey, is I Ashley there? Can she, can she, is she going to be able to join us in a little bit? I think she can. Yeah. She's just getting back and I think she's putting groceries away, but okay. That would be um, awesome. I think she'll definitely be able to join us for a little bit. No, no, we'll get new questions. <laughs> we, we got other things. We got a couple other things. Yeah. But it's definitely yeah, been a progression, a progression, but Oh yeah. So yeah, today, just today we dropped, Ashley just dropped them off and um, yeah, we'll probably be putting that up on Instagram in the next two hours or so. Oh, wow. That's really exciting. Congrats. Last day of 2017. 
Yeah, I mean, this it. was our 2017 bucket list, and we were like, oh, okay, we got one. We actually wrote them this morning. We're like, we have this on our list to get done by this year. And um, they wrote back. They're like, okay, we can do this. And, and just imagine, like, how much more you're going to kill it in 2018. I mean, you, oh. you're on this ramp now where it's – you know, it's self-feeding, you know, you have the reputation and you have a great product and you have the mm-hmm. brand awareness. I'm sounding too businessy, but you oh, have all like these things. <laughs> you know, it is business at times. And, you know, it's the hard part because we went from such a place of playful and fun mm-hmm. with it. And we still really have a lot of fun. Obviously, you, like you said, in the painting and the bringing together a shop, like we laughed and played and, and enjoyed every minute of the creative process. And we still every day get up and we're like, what are we making today? Like, what kind of fun flavors are we going to do? What are we going to do with our growth of our company? And um, yeah, for 2018, we've had the resolution to get through all of the um, Safeways and Whole Foods and KTAs in Hawaii. On the island or statewide? Um, We're going to start with Big Island. And did we set the intention statewide for the end of 2018 or is it just island-wide? Island-wide. Island-wide for 2018. But That's good. We'll see where it goes. I mean, it can go, it can go anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if you had if you had some on other islands <laughs> as part of the whole yeah. agreement. Um, like like you were talking about earlier, the Big Island Booch people just recently are now in every Safeway, KTA, and Whole Foods throughout the island chain, and and ABC stores. Wow! 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 And they started at the farm market like us, and mm-hmm. I've just grown and grown and grown and. Brendan's been a big proponent just always when I ask like advice, I'm like, what am I going to do? And he's like, sell it more stores, like make more ice cream. <laughs> he's like, if you make it, it will sell. People seem to buy everything you guys make. Just make more. Yeah. And we're like, okay. I just delivered to them. Ashley just did a delivery to them as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Right, let's hit the next question. Are you here? I'm here. Hi. <laughs> this is uh this is Ashley Campbell, the other half of Nikoko. Thank you so much for for joining us. Absolutely. You missed something earlier. We were um Sean said something really great about how he describes your the way you approach making gelato and he described it as like a a flavor haiku, something along <laughs> those lines. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> and and but, but as he was describing the way you approach food, um it just made me think of like, like a wizard, like you're like a flavor wizard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I can see how much, pa- I mean, I mean, obviously I see your stuff on Instagram and I see your stuff on the internet of, of like, that's, that is too beautiful. I wouldn't be able to eat it because it's art, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very inspirational to see what you make. And I can definitely see how that goes into making these really unique flavors for Nikoko. Thank you. That's, that's very uh, thoughtful and sweet of you. Yeah, it, we've kind of been talking about, well, you're welcome. We'll be talking about like the origin of the business and your journey, you know, through Oahu to finally to here and um, kind of you and Sean's backstory too is amazing. Like how you guys had this like instant connection. It's, I almost want to like touch on that really briefly and kind of hear what your <laughs> your your perspective on meeting Sean for the first time. I feel like that would balance out the interview. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> he told he, he told a pretty awesome story, I'm gonna tell you. Um, I guess without I don't want to be too uh redundant with everything. So uh I guess I the best way I could speak to uh meeting Sean and our relationship is um 
he pushes pushes me and us to places that I wouldn't have ever thought possible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great visionary and mm-hmm. and one of the I mean probably the most creative person that I've ever met in my life. And wow. of course that comes, you know, with different challenges along the way, but mm-hmm. I think the most fun that we have together is me supporting, you know, our our visions and finding the paths, you know, the necessary steps to to create our our own reality and to make those make those goals and visions and dreams mm. more than just small talk or more than just, you know, late night conversations, but how we can really empower each other and support each other to to grow further than I I believe we would without each other's love and uh commitment and understanding. Yeah, and, and that's even apparent from from a distance how you guys do support and kind of of uh, fuel this sort of manifestation vortex around you. It, it, you know, it's funny earlier Sean was like I I'm careful about what I mentioned to Ashley cuz she has a really good habit of like manifesting what I just sort of mention and t- <laughs> t- talking about you know, talking about Nico talking about how you know you wanted a dog and he was like well we need this 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 and this he sort of had like a checklist of things that would need to fall into place if the dog was going to work out and like it was like two weeks later and sort of that situation manifested to get nico so i don't know that is true that that was uh definitely one of the most magical things for sure (laughs) but i trust that more will keep coming um you know that's part of of life, I believe, and especially having a partnership and a relationship is that continual growth and evolution, be it, you know, on a, a personal level, a professional level, creative, anything you can think of without, without growth, there's just stagnation. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's boring. What's the point of that? <laughs> Amen. Well, that's what this interview series is about. A major component of this is personal growth and how that relates to being an entrepreneur and living sustainably and saving the world. Those are the all the points of the, what this interview series is about. So I'm really great, great, great subjects. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really thankful that you guys are, you know, uh, part of the part of this series. Um, I was really happy oh, that you guys are. Yeah, I'm glad I can hop in here for a little bit. Oh, me too. Well, it wouldn't have been complete without you, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been having an awesome discussion, but we got to hear the other side. But is it true? And I don't. I mean, we can cut this out, but. Is it true, Sean said that you guys moved in together after like the first day you met? Yeah, I think it was like less than like five hours. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it must have just been like this instant, like I kind of described it as like knowing, like an instance of instant knowing. Yeah, I mean, when you when you put yourself um, out there to receive love and, uh, you know, that that experience, I think it's important to be open when the universe presents those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if, you, if you're not going to be an open vessel to receive them, uh, you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment and, and closed opportunities. And, you know, at, the way just opened and we were like, all right, hey, cool, let's, <laughs> mm. let's do it and, and see where this takes us. And I'm pretty stoked about where we've landed. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got every reason to be. I mean, it's it's inspirational from three thousand miles away, <laughs> which is where I am right now, temporarily. <laughs> Were you ever worried, Ashley? Though that you're like, I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, all the backstory, but were you ever worried to think this is going too fast, maybe being swept up too fast, or was it? I'm curious what your 
feelings were on that. Cause I would have been like, Oh, you know, I, I don't want to be, maybe I'm just a very cautious person. <laughs> you guys are much more spontaneous than I am, I think. But were you ever worried it was going too fast or it was just like everything was in alignment and your gut was like, oh, this is okay. Um, everything just made sense. Like it really did. And, you know, even just from like an economical standpoint of moving in together, it's like, Hey, if we're going to spend all our time together, why would we pay rent? for two places, you know, <laughs> like if yeah. I want to see you all the time, why would, why would I not want to wake right. up next to you every morning? You know, if we want to change from, you know, New York lifestyle and Hawaii is an option. Hey, why not? You know, I don't, I think both of us, something that we both feel very um, strongly about is living our lives without having any regrets. You know, I, I have it <laughs> tattooed across my chest. It was one of my first tattoos I ever got when I was 18. And it's some, a good, um, it's a good reminder to really embrace things as they happen. And uh, mm -hmm. I feel that it's much better to to experience and explore the possibilities, especially when you're you're thinking of them in context of, um, you know, positive and healthy growth and change, um, you know, of course, and explore those and go for them, even though they may be scary, because mm. otherwise, you know, the alternative is definitely a lot more frightening, you know, just not knowing how it could have been. And Sean's definitely, yeah. Sean's definitely taught me that. That's for sure. Mm. Um, I'm a list maker. I mm -hmm. am a cautious one. <laughs> by me too. Me too, to be honest. <laughs> but that, you know, it's one of the things that balances out really well. Yeah. You like, that's something that I noticed really, really early on is you guys, you're both very, you both have similarities, but you're both, you both have different, very different personalities. And I think that's what really helps balance everything out. And I mean, but you both have this attitude of adventure toward life that I find very inspiring. You know, I mean, even Sean was telling me about when you guys landed in Oahu and you realized, oh, we're on the, we're not on the island that our friend's on, but let's make this an adventure. And, you know, just kind of, just kind of went forward and dove headlong into this adventure in a very... It took years for us to actually even end up meeting them, which is really fun. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And we had planned, yeah, we had... We had a whole thing like we were, we had a, a wolf program. We had signed up for wolf and great program. We found a yoga retreat here on Big Island and everything like that. And then we landed. We're like, we are not on the right island. And we were like, I guess we're not going to that farm. And I guess we're not going to meet Brad's family. Um, this was before iPhones and like the internet was like easily accessible. So it was much more like romantic time. To that's travel. true. There wasn't, there wasn't, a, there wasn't an iPhone out at that point. So yeah, like yeah, um, we were walking around. We actually had like a giant Dell laptop, you know, the back when laptops were two inches thick. Oh yeah. Seven pounds. Yeah. Um, that was part of our camping gear. We kept it in a garbage bag. Just wrapped wow. up waterproof. It. And that was like our way of communicating. We'd go to, hotels or Starbucks Whoa. and be like, Hey, let's use your internet. <laughs> it's like several minutes of battery life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a strong, bad laptop. Yeah, if you're lucky. That's awesome. So every, it seems like everything is just evolving and, and like you said, you're growing into it. How do you see, I mean, I see Nikoko as a really a business. I mean, you, I think most people could see it clearly that you are really thinking about sustainability and you're really thinking about, supporting the local economy. And there are a collection of companies that are really, really, really conscious, especially on the big island, about those mm -hmm. things. How do you see that like changing and, and, and evolving into the future? Are there any patterns you've noticed? Or what are your thoughts on how, I mean, I, I think we're probably going to see more businesses like that. I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on how it's changing over time. 
Um, I think that we live in a very interesting time period, to say the least. Um, yeah. It's something that I've personally learned um, about the weight of existing as a business versus an individual. Um, the business has a stronger weight in American society right now. We, business has a larger voice, um, for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And for me, part of doing Nikoko, I'd say actually one of the largest, most important things to me about Nikoko is using it as a vehicle for, for social change and for, mm -hmm. you know, positive ethically sourced food, um, a cruelty free lifestyle and that there's an alternative to participating in basically these old world paradigms mm. that really profit off of, off of harm, be it, you know, an animal, another human, anything garbage, like that, yeah. you know, creating garbage that's harm to our environment. So I look forward to seeing more businesses and, you know, hopefully individuals pop up and, and find that motivation, find that strength to, to speak up and speak out against, um, you know, the very scary things that we're being faced with in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. I find that veganism, like we said earlier, is um, huge for us. It's definitely one of our driving factors. Mm -hmm. But in that same way, to me, it, it, it is a consciousness shift that has happened through our diet, like um, how we eat, how we, that consciousness shift has changed how we view the world. And I feel the world is kind of going through that as well. Like I'm seeing veganism increase. And whether it's in veganism or not, like we're going to start seeing, I think, sustainability and consciousness start increasing and and lifting because, yeah, we're coming out of this era where we went from being a farm culture mm -hmm. into this industrial culture. And we're realizing really quickly this industrial culture is massively, massively harmful for the planet, for human life, for human yeah. health and 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 life on general on this planet. Mm -hmm. Especially um, when you put profits as the top priority exactly over people you've probably seen this you know i'm always reminded of this really fantastic quote but i forget who said it but it was some some native american said it won't be until the last tree is cut down and the last river is poisoned that you guys will realize that you cannot eat money yeah <laughs> and i think about that I think the Lorax said that too. The Lorax. <laughs> the Lor you know, you can't eat money. It also, it's very chewy. Yeah. You So here's a perfect segue into one of the few questions we haven't touched on yet, which is, do you have any advice for um, our listeners on, on how to be more sustainable in their own lives? I mean, um, obviously going vegan or at least cutting back on animal products goes a really long way. I mean, I think it's I would... a huge way for sustainability on this planet. Animal products are huge on um, dairy industry and, and the cattle industry in particular. It's really, really harmful for their water, for our health, um, for the environment. It's just mm -hmm. not good in, in every way, shape and form. And where I would start was, is with products on mm -hmm. your, for me and Nikoko and, and, we're using Nikoko as our platform. Like a big part of it is that we do not believe that a single use item should ever outlive the user. Mm -hmm. Your stirring straw for your coffee shouldn't be on this planet longer than you are. You're completely agree. Yeah. Your Thai food, your Thai lunch dish that you're going to have 30 times this year, 40 times this year. We don't need 30 or 40 plates from you eating Thai food floating around the ocean. I mean, you think, Oh, it's just me. It's just one time. But, you know, with 7 billion people thinking, oh, it's just me, it's just one time, every single day, 
365 days a year, three meals a day. I mean, we're looking at astronomical amounts of garbage, whether it's quadrillion pieces of garbage. <laughs> yeah, trillions of pieces of garbage. I mean, think about every straw that McDonald's uses for a soda. I really try not to. Oh, it's just millions and millions a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, them advertising millions sold is more of them advertising how much trash are you making? It's yeah, like yeah. this stuff shouldn't be outliving us. So no. I would like to see more people getting rid of the idea of using styrofoam. Styrofoam is awful. Using plastic forks and spoons and straws, mm-hmm. getting them out. that It's not needed. Plastic bags for shopping bags, not needed. It's very easy just to carry a small bag with you. It's very easy to keep a metal spoon mm-hmm. or fork in your car. Um, keeping a plate with you, um, just having these things around because this is what we've done since ancient times. Mm-hmm. This isn't a new concept. This is a uh, us having to return to the really old ideas of be prepared. If you want to eat, you better have a bowl and a spoon. Um, yeah, yeah. And now there are these really good. Um, I mean, not that I'm a massive fan of silicone, but um, there I have a silicone bowl for camping that it you know is washer safe, and I reuse that. And those fold down really small. And it's mm-hmm. and so use it a million times. Yeah, you use it a million times, and you're not making plastic waste all the time. That's why I'm just really happy um, to hear. And I expected this, but I'm always happy to hear that you guys are using like starch-based or whatever you know biodegradable utensils for your shop and in everything yeah. that you do. Oh, well, for us too. And yes, and we understand. Like people are like, "Why is your ice cream cost this or that?" And we're like, "It actually doesn't cost much more. We're only two <laughs> Oh, I know. Oh, Nico wanted to be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it does. We only charge two dollars a scoop. I know that's a really reasonable price, ice cream wise, around the country. But um, hmm. you know, I understand people asking. But we're like, you know what? We are not trying to pass the cost on to you. But at the same time, we want this planet to be sustainable. And sometimes that means. We have to give a little more for that. And I understand yeah. if someone's like, oh, I can't afford ice cream today. It's like, it's okay. We understand it's a dessert. Yeah. Um, it's when you want and we're doing it a conscious way. <laughs> and and we think that there's this is the option for everyone. It should be an option um, that you shouldn't have to feel like, oh, I'm buying something and it's using garbage. And I'm going to spend less money to get something that's going to create a worse planet. Um you know, for us, that's what we're paying. That's what we're paying for is the quality. Yeah. Just like, you know, people complain about taxes. Oh, I don't want to pay taxes. You know, in these countries like Germany or um, Netherlands where they're paying 40% taxes, they're getting education. They're getting yeah. health care. Health care. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, health care. Imagine that. You have, to, you have to give a little to get a little. You do. And I think it's you part do. of sustainability is being a community. It really is. Being in touch with your who's next to you, who's locally um, near you, your neighbors, your friends, like, you're net creating these networks and giving to them. You can't just say, oh, I'm part of this community. I'm going to take. And I think it's kind of like this Kanye West culture that we're just like, oh, we're in America. I'm just going to take, take, yeah. take. Everything's for me. I'm, yeah. I want everything. And it's I don't care about the repercussions. It's kind of nihilistic. It's like you makes you think like how where is this going to go in the future? It doesn't have it doesn't. Yeah, I know, Nico. It doesn't have a future, that kind of lifestyle, whereas building on family and community and taking care of your environment and thinking about your body and your health. That is the future that, that will always be here. And you can feel so good about it too. You can be like, you know, I'm not making waste today and I'm supporting local farmers and I'm supporting the community. I mean, I feel so good. One of the things I always feel good about when I, when I buy your, your ice cream is, 
you know what? I, I know this money is going to real human beings who are growing this food nearby. And it's helping people nearby who, you know what? Like mm. nobody's getting super rich off of growing mint, you know? Like, no. <laughs> it's like they're doing it because. It's actually, it's actually a really old lady um, named Jackie who grows mint for us. See? And. And she's oh she's like seventy eight years old ex nurse just lives here in Seaview very nice old lady and um yeah and she's not making a living off of it it's just something that she enjoys doing yeah and yeah. she likes farming and growing so it works out really well and um same thing with our vanilla our vanilla comes from one of our neighbors and they just grow vanilla bean yeah and we then turn it into our own vanilla extract right here at our um, property I mean it's basically fair trade wouldn't you say. Like it's, yeah. it's such a transparent interaction and transaction and it's going back into the island's economy and it's going back into a place that, you know, for so long was very disenfranchised and very. <laughs> yeah. By corporations and yeah. um, by government. And for me, it's a big part of what I love about what we're doing here. And I love seeing it just yesterday. Our friend Jaybird opened up his first wagon right over out by the lava flow by uncles and hmm. started his own company up and. You know, I just love seeing people like start these kind of things and being able to tell people like, hey, when you're here, you don't need to eat at IHOP. You don't need to eat at Burger King or McDonald's. That's not going to help anyone. It doesn't help the people that work there. You're not helping owners. You're not helping anyone. But you know what? When you spend money here in Ireland with a local company, you're keeping money on Ireland. Mm -hmm. You're keeping this economy. They're keeping this ecosystem here healthy and happy. And it, whether I mean, I like to use Hawaii as a macro micro it's definitely a micro kind of yeah. thing exactly for the whole world but you know what this applies to everyone in any community when you spend money in your community you're helping your community and then you end up helping yourself too exactly <laughs> it's a virtuous circle and like I said, like you said i feel good about it i love it i love yeah. seeing other people thrive i love going to my friends shops and businesses and mm -hmm. just being able to support them and see them grow I mean, I even like having my little shopping bag. Like, hey, this is my, I have a, a Star Wars shopping bag. Awesome. And I like going to the grocery store and I'm like, look, I get to fill my Star Wars bag up and I keep it in the car and I have it on me. Yeah. Um, in the same way, like I like having my Hydro Flask. Oh, love Hydro Flask. Yeah. I it makes me, I, I like it. I feel cool. I yeah. like having like my container for it and I like going places and like, oh man, hey, I don't need a cup. Just put it right in here. I can wash this and use it. I don't need any paper. I don't no. need any straws. Thank you very much. To me, it feels good. It feels and, and the and the ice stays cold for twenty four hours. <laughs> Everything in your tea. I'll put hot tea in there. It would be hot twelve it's hours ridiculous. later. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I think it's about you know being mindful. You know, mindful in your actions mm -hmm. yes. and how your actions and your choices affect your reality and, and the world and the community around you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, you know, I think we can, as humans, we can experience a lot of really amazing joy and transformation as, as a, you know, as a unit. I think there's been way too much separation in the last hundreds of years. And, mm -hmm. and it's nice to see that we're finally starting to, to remember, you know, where we've all come from and to return to, to that connectivity mm -hmm. that, you know, always been there, but we've definitely been distracted for, for a long time. I feel like uh, all three of us could do just a, such a kick-ass philosophy podcast. Just we could just do a show. Wait, that's not what we're doing right now. <laughs> I mean, we are, but but I mean, <laughs> technically, this is a one-off. Sorry, I, I might have to I might have to split this up into two two parts though, because we've gone to such depth, and we're actually 
pushing three hours right now. I can't believe it. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that we've had this time to share. Thank you, Andrew. I mean, this has been great. This has exceeded my happiest expectations. I guess I'll close it out uh, by saying that, uh, is there anything that you would like to specifically promote as we end in this? Nico, yeah. <laughs> She's promoting more people, mm, um, mm-hmm. giving her treats. Mm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you're looking for right now. And no treats. And more walks. And more walks. So you promote more dog walks for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You want to go hiking more every day. Mm-hmm. Now, now she's looking at me. <laughs> um, she likes the guest house. She likes the food she gets there. Yeah. We need more guests with more food for her. Mm-hmm. So we, um, oh, there's so many people that we really love and enjoy. I've mentioned a lot of them throughout this conversation already. Definitely. Um, I mean, obviously people can go to NikokoHawaii.com and I-C-O-C-O-H-A-W-A-I-I. Your beautifully delicious product is available at Conscious Culture Cafe in Hilo on the Big Island. Yeah. Tin Shack, Lucy's. Locavore. T- yep. Island Naturals now. Galani Retreat, Island Naturals. Lucy's Taqueria, which not everyone knows, is one of the, my favorite vegan places to eat on island. They um, do everything, but they are very vegan friendly. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and it, 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 that's Mexican food, right? Yes, Mexican mm. food. They make Just making sure. Delicious. Mushrooms and. Um, Micah. Mm-hmm. But but currently you don't you cannot really ship your product outside of Big Island though, or can you? Is there a way we for can ship, we can ship inter island, but we cannot ship to mainland, okay. unfortunately so yet. People are gonna have to go to Hawaii. Yes. But if you're already on Hawaii, you're really missing out if you haven't had it yet. You know, one of the things actually me have always really enjoyed about what we're doing and kind of in her head, she always looked at these companies and said we that she wants to be an artisanal company where people have to come here to do it. It kind of is one of the joys of the things. Oh yeah, that's um, we true. We want Nikoka to be synonymous with Hawaii. Um, that you can come to Hawaii and have this experience and have us here and then go home um, because you can't keep, you can keep Hawaii with you in heart and spirit and you can keep Nikoko in that same place. But, but it is very much here. We, we think of the two of them as indispensable in a large ways. Um, we've had people ask us like, why don't you come to San Francisco? You, you're great there. And they're like, you'd make 10 times the amount of money you make in Hawaii. And I said, mm-hmm. yeah, but then I wouldn't be in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. We love it here. We love our life and, um, and our culture and our community. And well, people can definitely, um, follow you. Um, you're, you're on places, you're on Facebook, Nikoko Hawaii. Instagram. You can find us on the interwebs. You're on Instagram <laughs> and, and every people should, people should definitely check out on Instagram because like, I don't you guys are, your food is, just looks delicious. Like I've, I've tried it and it tastes amazing, but some of these photos are just like, you got, you got a camera with good glass or something. <laughs> it looks amazing. Oh, thank you very much. Well, thank you so much again. And I just have had so much fun and thank you so much for sharing so much with me and with the listeners. Yeah. I think everyone's going to really love this, love this, uh, love this time and listening to it. I'm probably going to split it up into two, <laughs> two episodes. <laughs> this is gonna, it's kind of got long, but it's, it's a, the best kind of long. Pre Ashley and post Ashley. Yes, 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 exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I will let you go and, uh, it's, uh, coming up on six o'clock here. So it must be coming up on two. That's okay. Uh, thanks again, Andrew. It was really nice catching up with you. And, you know, we'd be happy to do this another time if you'd like. And if anyone 
wants to follow up with us or ask any additional questions or just talk story or anything, you can always send us an email too. And you can find that on our website. And I will definitely put your website, Nikoko Hawaii, that's N-I-C-O-C-O Hawaii.com in the show notes. Once again, the show notes can be found at myth.li, M-Y-T-H dot L-I. And I just want to thank you again, both of you for joining me on this interview. It's been a blast. It definitely went on a little bit longer than I thought, but I love the depth we were able to get into. And before we go, I want to remind everybody that they should subscribe to the show on iTunes if they enjoyed it, because then you won't miss any of the incredible interviews I have coming up. I have a lot of interviews coming up. And if you like Instagram, I'm Hello Crusoe on there. The word hello, C-R-U-S-O-E on there. And you guys are Nikoko Hawaiian Gelato on there. Everybody should Go ahead and find you guys on Instagram because your food is just so beautiful. And yeah, this has been awesome and I can't wait to do it again. Once again, as I said at the end of part one, if you don't want to miss out on any interviews and you like Instagram, I do post a sample every time I post a new interview. So it's another way to keep in touch and not miss a single interview. I have so many great interviews coming up and I can't wait to share them with all of you. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time. Aloha. And aloha.